0: Hello and welcome to The Other Wrestling Show's Instant Reaction Podcast to the AEW Revolution pay-per-view originating from Chicago, Illinois on February 29th. As always, I'm here with Mike and we're going to run through the card and give our thoughts on the evening that was in All Elite Wrestling. So we're going to kick things off by talking about the buy-in match between the Dark Order and SCU. Uh, SCU taking the pinfall loss to the Dark Order, and then some post-match shenanigans involving Christopher Daniels and Colt Cabana. So, Mike, what did you think of this match?
1: It was fine. It was okay. There wasn't a lot out of it, and I didn't really expect much out of it, um, just because we're just waiting for the Exalted One, most likely on Wednesday now. So the match itself was fine. Uh, I think we both agree Scorpio's Sky is amazing and we need to get more of him um not only in, in seu but as a single star um i i was really nervous when stu crazen took that german suplex like in the yeah, opening he seconds on the crown of his head yeah he, he got flipped um it, it looked like it hurt but he 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 dropped uh he jumped right back up i, I think the most interesting part of this match was the post-match fun stuff so
0: yeah i was i was really excited to see colt cabana come out he's (laughs) one of my favorites and he's just so much fun to watch and uh, i'm sure this was just a a spot appearance for him since they were in chicago um but i'd really like to see more colt cabana in all elite wrestling i think he would fit right in Uh, i would love to see colt cabana orange cassidy Oh like, my God. I just think that match would be <laughs> so hilarious. What match? It would mean, be a match. <laughs> two absolute masters of comedy wrestling. And I would just really enjoy seeing that. But it was fun. And I think you're right. I think the takeaways from this one is Scorpio Sky should be a star. And uh it was good that the Dark Order got the win as they continue to build momentum with this Exalted One storyline. So uh, the first match on the actual card strangely enough was dustin rhodes versus jake hager uh hager got the victory via referee stoppage or submission you know however you want to call it but it kind of felt more like a stoppage to me um anything about this match (laughs)
1: like (laughs) on the preview show i talked about how i didn't really care about this match and nothing about the match really did anything to change that um i think I think Hager looks more intimidating in a polo. He didn't look like... I, I, maybe it's just the same thing with Wardlow. I didn't think they looked as intimidating in the ring gear. And I didn't think Hager looked intimidating at all. Maybe it's just because I, I still have Jack Swagger memories in my head. And I didn't see anything different in how yeah. he worked. Like nothing even went for the same spots. And yeah, maybe it was a little more physical because of the the MMA influence. But yeah, I don't know. It was, it was fine. Um, I... I you know i was really just wanting to see dustin uh do that power slam just to see if he could get hager and he did it and looked great as always um and yeah and then the stuff with his wife on the outside was very weird
0: yeah just really uncomfortable i don't i don't like to see uh dustin going for that kiss that clearly she was not into that's just Felt really uncomfortable and weird. Yeah.
1: Hashtag me too.
0: Yeah, I mean, it just wasn't great, and this match just wasn't very good. We got to see the slowest code red ever. <laughs> um, I think that was just clearly not a spot that those two should be doing together. um Let's not waste any more time on this match. I got, I, like, got more, okay, I got one more. I got one more thing right. on
1: this. Um, in no world do we need to see Jake Hager French kissing someone in high definition, like. Like, it was... And, like, there was no... We had no idea who she was. Like, they didn't really... Like, you inferred, oh, yeah, that must be his wife or girlfriend. Yeah. But, like, it seemed so out of nowhere because she wasn't involved in anything for the last... Ever, ever.
0: I will say, I will say. To her credit, she's a much better heel than Jake Hager is. Oh, she's a much better actor so, too. So, <laughs> yeah. Screw Hager. Uh, Let's move on. Next up on the card, uh, Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen. Darby <laughs> Allen getting the pinfall victory off the coffin drop, and I think this is really where the show actually started. Yeah. You know, the the first match on the actual card felt more like it was the second match of the buy-in, and you know, we could just kind of forget that that happened and move on. Nepotism's
1: a pain in the ass, man. <laughs>
0: Uh, but this match had a really hot start um actually it didn't start right away which was fun because they got to do some kind of um outside of the rules shenanigans on the outside before the bell actually rang uh darby allen just went flying through the ropes at the very beginning <laughs> through and... the corner
1: of the the, the ring yeah, too which yeah. made it look really cool and
0: then it was on um we got to see a really cool spot where sammy guevara did a 630 to the outside probably the spot of the match through a like. table i mean that was just nasty i mean there was really really good stuff this match was chock full of cool spots and i think the right person won
1: oh yeah Darb, like you mentioned on the the preview sammy has racked up wins this year 2020 records pretty good obviously he can take the loss and this just continues the the darby allen ascent that we've really enjoyed the last few weeks I thought commentary needed to do a better job of letting us know the match hadn't started yet when they were brawling through the the because there were definitely some decurable offenses in those yeah, those moments. So um that that was one of my only only major issues there. But um I the god, just some of these spots, man, the, the big Spanish fly that they got to like the middle of the ring. Yeah. Um, which was crazy, and then the the monkey flip stunner thing uh right before the coffin drop i don't even yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't even know how to describe it. he like went over him and then hit the stunner yeah that move
0: needs a name because i does. don't know what to call it but it's uh it's that spot where darby gets behind his opponent yeah. and then goes over their shoulders and pulls them down into a stunner really cool. looks really good and, and it's something
1: uh, that a smaller guy can do to almost anyone yeah i think absolutely. he needs that and the coffin drop just always looks great and you he had to jump really far for that coffin drop it was yeah a little over halfway across the ring
0: i'm continually impressed by how he's always on the money Mm -hmm. um, with that
1: spot because you can't see (laughs) like it just it's a trust fall you know it's yeah kofi does that it's still scary so yeah really fun match this this should have started the show because this had the energy that i think we were looking for um and I kind of want to see them go at it again. I wouldn't wouldn't mind seeing a uh, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara part two because they're kind of our two young, young, you know, really
0: athletic, really yeah, franchise cornerstone. Guys. Type Their style players. definitely works together, and uh, I I enjoyed that one a lot.
1: And I like Darby having the skateboard with Sammy painted on it. Like he does little stuff like that with every match. You know, he had the body bag for Cody last summer. So um, yeah, just just a continuation of how cool. Darby allen is any other thoughts on this
0: um i mean just that it was it was one of my favorite matches of the night and i think had this gone first it would have done a lot more for the energy in the building Mm -hmm. uh because these two really put on a show but it turns out that this was just the warm-up for what was probably the match of the night match of the year so far versus kenny omega and adam page for the tag team championships kenny omega and adam page retaining via pinfall off of several buckshot lariats uh so everybody got a buckshot lariat it was uh it was it was pretty great um what i want to focus on with this one what really stood out to me was storytelling really really good storytelling uh we got the return of the you know three year long back injury for matt jackson
1: he will how never, long has he, he been never be healthy this, this non-existent <laughs> back injury it's
0: fantastic uh for anyone who doesn't think that the young bucks can tell a story His back is fine. It's been fine. It was never injured. (laughs) He's just been selling it to the point where fans actually think he has a back injury. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, I've been using a back injury to get out of work for about a year now, too. So (laughs) it's always always super effective. Uh, What I I liked about this match is like we kind of talked about it yesterday is that it kind of we thought it would kind of start, you know, kind of cordial and then it just absolutely broke out into like just. major heat moments and we kind of had like a, a role reversal here with the yeah. bucks getting booed and hangman getting maybe the loudest pops of the night Definitely. like and when they were doing the punches and it's like the boo and the yeah like i never in a million years expected to see the bucks ass faces getting on the booing end yeah of that and i i think i mentioned while we were watching i got had very i'm sorry i love you vibes throughout the whole match very yeah. rick flair Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania was at 22, I believe. One of those in those early 20s. But just a lot of emotion in this match. Um, And like I really my one of my favorite spots was when Matt just snapped and like mm-hmm. he started stomping on Kenny's shoulder that was injured in the the Iron Man match mm-hmm. and just stomping, stomping, stomping and then like ripping off the, the tape and Nick having to come in the ring and him just kind of looking down at it and kind of realizing, whoa, what did I just do? Yeah. And like had to kind of snap back into it because um, that wasn't Hangman he was doing that to. That was Kenny, the guy who was... And that's why the post-match with Kenny kind of apprehensive made a lot of mm-hmm. sense, because it's like, yo, what the hell did you just do to me? So
0: Yeah, I-, I thought it was really cool. You know, the match started off with everybody seeming like a heel, except Kenny. <laughs> and Kenny kind of trying to be the one to have a nice, clean match. And a little bit Nick Jackson, but even Nick, like, had some animosity mm-hmm. for Paige. And so... It was this really emotional, really violent affair between these two teams, and then it totally broke down, and through the course of the storytelling, the Bucks became massive heels in this match, and then, you know, Adam Page kind of became the face that everybody was cheering and was on board with. So, uh, really cool the way they laid this all out, um, and also some really, really cool spots. Um, I thought it was really interesting to see the Young Bucks do the Golden Trigger, which is uh, Kota Ibushi and Kenny's tag team move. Uh, that was really interesting. There was a big, big um, buckshot lariat spot to the outside, um, and then of course the Bucks hitting the Indie Taker on the ramp, and the sound that made mm-hmm. was just this big hollow. Bong sound, and uh, it just so many of these spots look devastating. Page even whipped out a one-winged angel at one point. Yeah,
1: and it looked damn good. Like maybe it's just the elevation he got on it, but it looked clean too. Like for never doing that move in a TV spot before, like it looked great. And don't yeah. forget, we got the uh the villain chicken wing spot from uh, Hangman Page. Was yeah,
0: a little bit of gimmick infringement. There. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. We're gonna so. have to get some letters from the Ring of Honor uh, lawyers here soon, but. Um, and then we had that, that spot, um, right after that chicken wing spot where it's like, oh yeah, Kenny's reminding us he's the best in the world. Cause yeah. he, let's, let's, let's recap. He did the, you cannot escape, did the shooting star. Then he hit, uh, the V trigger. Then he, uh, misses the V trigger, but then he hits two V triggers <laughs> to both Matt and Nick Snapdragon to Nick tiger driver 98. And like, it just looked effortless. Yeah. So, uh, and then we had that one of my favorite spots that crazy super poison Rana where yeah. like it looked like Nick just like I just fell yeah because it wasn't like it wasn't like the whip to it, but it just like pfft, I just yeah. smashed him, so I've never seen that spot before, mm-hmm. um just really good, and uh I just just really great chemistry between all four of these guys uh and and I like the little tease at the end yeah. where Paige put the belt down, looked like he was gonna get the shot on Kenny, which. Curious of why he would do mind games against his own partner like that. So I
0: think I don't think it was mind games necessarily. I think it was he was resentful that even after such a brutal match where Matt tried to injure Kenny's shoulder, that Kenny was still willing to kind of make nice with them at the end. And, you know, he's definitely on the outside thinking, you know, maybe this is my moment to blow this up. And then I, you know, he thought better of it and just the wild manic look in his eyes. I got like some Brian Pillman vibes mm-hmm. from the way he was carrying himself. Hopefully this doesn't end
1: up with a gun in Steve Austin's face. <laughs> um let's not go that Brian Pillman, you know, that's a little too far.
0: But you know, I I thought it was really well done and uh man, if you if you watch one match from this card, take time to watch this tag team championship match. Um interesting that they retained and kind of continued moving it forward. I thought with the story that they were telling, they could have had the title switch here and then continued to have storylines between these two groups. Uh, But I like that they went with the retention because one of my favorite things in wrestling is the tag team of two people who don't really get along. It's just one of my favorite tropes and I'm excited to see that continue to play out.
1: And and they had that awesome video uh, at the beginning where we saw some interview stuff that we hadn't seen before where it's like, Kenny, are you worried about Hangman Page? And like, Page, why would you ask that? Rushes out, and then Kenny's like,
0: well i was gonna say i yeah. wasn't worried but yeah maybe i, I should be worried yeah and i thought that like, was really good and then he's like
1: damn straight i'm worried about hangman page <laughs> like um and that wasn't on anything before right like i was, hadn't seen i it think before. that was just part of the video package for tonight yeah. so i thought they did a really good Unless job last, it was that.
0: on like one of their like road to revolution yeah, yeah maybe things like it might have been on, on that, that special on s- that was on wednesday yeah. that we didn't stay up for
1: yeah i'm too tired <laughs> yeah we had, we had a recording to make yeah so uh, just really really great match um And, yeah, I think that I I was kind of leaning towards originally them losing the belts because I kind of thought that was why there were so many title defenses for Kenny and Paige throughout the last six weeks to give them, like, the exposure. Oh, yeah, these are our champions, blah, blah, blah. Let's get them some title defenses. Then they can drop. But kind of glad, you know, that would have been too too. It would have been a really
0: short reign for them. Yeah.
1: And I think there's a larger story here um, because, once again, like you said, Kenny was the baby only babyface, true babyface in this match. And I wonder if that's eventually gonna come to a head with Paige. So great match, five stars, really enjoyed it, great storytelling. Uh anything else before we move on?
0: No, uh my last thought on this is that, you know, with Blood and Guts coming up, AEW <laughs> announced their version <laughs> of war games. Blank and, events. you know, these two teams I think could factor into that and it would be very interesting to see maybe it's the four of them teaming together again. And we can continue to kind of tease this whole feud between Page and the rest of the elite that way. Or maybe we see these two teams pitted against one another and kind of tagging up with some some other groups. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of different directions they could go. Uh, but I'm excited to see what this caliber of talent can do with putting together crazy spots with two rings next to one another. Yeah. And getting to deal with that cage.
1: <laughs> I and, liked in the the advertisement says... One cage, two rings, you know the rest. Yeah. Like, well, because they can't say, can't war, say games. war games. We can't say war games, but you yeah. know exactly what the hell this is. Yeah. Um, yeah. That So that'd be really interesting. And I kind of want to drive to Newark now. <laughs> Despite having to go to Newark, I really kind of want to drive down there for that now. So we'll see. So up next, we had the AEW Women's Championship match between Nyla Rose and Chris Statlander. They mentioned that Chris Statlander was not used to our atmosphere and had been battling. Basically, the flu all week. <laughs> maybe, maybe don't ask her to do a a championship match the week of the the mysterious Earth flu because she definitely looked.
0: She looked like off. she was dragging in this. Pitch. Yeah, Especially everything early went early up- on. Yeah, uh, she got into a rhythm, and the spots looked a lot more crisp later. But there was a spot early on where she attempted a kip up and didn't quite make it, and, then did and, it a and had to kind of roll yeah, out yeah. of it, and. uh you know, there were some really cool spots in this match. Mm-hmm. There was an amazing spear by Nyla through the ropes where she came running up the ramp, dove through the ropes, and then speared Statlander. Mm-hmm. And it just looked so smooth. Uh, so that was really cool. Um, Nyla Rose did retain via pinfall off of a uh, avalanche beast bomb. So it was a really fun match uh, once it got there going. There were some
1: awkward spots, but, too. Yeah, it was like... just a little
0: bit... Not quite there, especially in the first several minutes of the match. It was clear that or even Statlander the needed to find her bearings.
1: The the beast bomb off the the top, like it just kind of they just kind of fell off. Like I didn't know if she was trying to get her up higher, and it just looked real like they almost fell at one point. Like Nyla, like had to pull back because it looked like they were just going to tumble off the ropes. So, um, yeah, I I, I know th- obviously they they told her she was sick and. I was I was I was just generally kind of disappointed. I thought this would be a a lot a lot more intense match, and maybe it was just kind of the start stops and goes at the beginning that kind of soured me on this. But I kind I kind of chalked this up as a disappointment. Maybe the most disappointing match for me on the card because I went in with zero expectations for Hager because I didn't give a <laughs> shit. This match I actually was truly excited for, and we had gotten teases of what this could be over the last month. Um, so yeah, just just a little disappointed in this. I hope that they get another chance and another opportunity to to show out because I think the two of them can really do cool stuff together. And they're the two of the bigger women on the roster, so we got to see them wrestle a different style yeah. than we normally see with the AEW's women division. So, well, the flu is
0: always disappointing. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. Uh,
1: so are exhibit A. <laughs> Not that you're disappointing, but you. you-
0: well let's keep going. <laughs> uh so I think the takeaway from this one is that Nyla Rose needs a new belt.
1: Yep. Uh, too damn small.
0: It looked small when Riho had it and it looks tiny now. It looks
1: like a wristwatch. So Or like one of those leather straps that like rock boys wear, you know? Know I'm talking about? Level wristbands.
0: I'm just gonna let you die out there.
1: Alright, well let it die. It looks small. <laughs> it looks ridiculous. They need they need to get something bigger, especially with how big the men's championship is. Like, you could probably have five women's titles in the space that the AEW's championship takes up. Yeah. Like, it's absurd.
0: So next up, we got the long awaited blow off to the Cody MJF feud that's been going on. And uh, MJF getting the surprise pinfall victory upsetting Cody. I think everybody expected Cody to win this match, um, except for us. Except for us. We predicted it. <laughs> um, and uh, But this, this was a fun match. Uh, right off the bat though I did not like MJF's jammies and I didn't like his spray tan yo
1: the only L he took this leak was to the tanning bed because he looked yeah. ridiculous like you you don't go five shades darker when you get a, the tan like it's just oh it was so bad so bad and his robe yeah his jammies he looked ridiculous so it was a weird start to this match <laughs> so that said the crowd was
0: really hot for this one and you could tell that There was a lot of energy in the building. At one point in the match, we did get the warring chants of, you know, let's go Cody, MJF. And that was surprising to me. I didn't expect to hear anybody cheering for MJF after all of his dastardly heel acts that he had done throughout this feud. But uh, it was really fun. We got some familiar spots. The uh, Cody cutter just continues to look better and better. Mm -hmm. And uh, really, uh, really cool um to see this feud finally come to fruition
1: yeah they they did some good continuity because they announced two weeks ago during the cage match that cody broke one of his toes and in our first weird thing to put in your mouth moment of the night mjf bit the broken exposed toe of cody and we they were audible like Ugh! in art when we were watching because yeah. it's like one it's just like oh that's a foot that's a foot in a wrestling boot. Well,
0: it's it's a sweaty sock. That's sweaty in a, you know, sock and foot. Oh. Just not... Yeah, just gross.
1: Effective because he broke his toe. And also props for Cody for wrestling 75% of this match with one shoe on. Yeah. And like he did a... God, he did a disaster kick with that. I think they did... Did they do that suplex spot over the ropes with him in the... Yeah. Yeah, and that was insane. And then he did like the spinning uh, Alabama slam. So just really impressive to... To do that, and I liked uh, I liked Brandy Wardlow and Aaron getting involved. Um, Brandy throwing the beer in Wardlow's face and just looking so accomplished, and then Aaron taking the inadvertent boot, which always nice to see some of the older guys still be able to bump. And it wasn't even that intensive a bump, but for the story, like it made a lot of sense. So yeah. I really enjoyed what Aaron brought to the table.
0: Well, and you mentioned continuity earlier, and uh, an element of continuity in this match is that everything turned for cody after arn got taken out mm-hmm. and we had seen previously that he brought out arn to be his coach and he had been undefeated with arn at ringside and you know the only loss he had taken since arn took on that head coaching role was in a match where arn had to go to the back where he was um well no he didn't actually he got ejected he got yeah, ejected, he got ejected. Yep. so um You know, some really interesting continuity there. And uh, I don't like to see Arn take bumps because, like, all the nerve damage that he has. And, you know, I just, I I hate to see that. But at the same time, like, if he's up for it, it it definitely served the story of the match. And uh, I really enjoyed uh, Paul Turner as the referee. I Mm -hmm. thought he did a great job throughout the match of, you know, getting amped up and getting frustrated with MJF and Wardlow's antics. And just there was a spot where MJF went for a pin and put his feet up on the ropes and then Wardlow came over and <laughs> grabbed his feet. And Paul Turner was just like,
1: what are you doing? Yeah, Come his, on. his face screams like, do you think I'm that stupid? <laughs> like, it was really funny. Um, one of my favorite uh, things from this match was early on where uh mjf put cody in the submission hold where he had his like right leg and both his arms yeah. um one really cool like technical uh mm-hmm. um wow oh, shit what's the word i'm looking for Ch- uh, technical transitions from mjf yeah. there to get all those holds in place and then for cody to climb <laughs> pull himself to the bottom rope and bite the rope for the ring break just like Second weird things to put in your mouth tonight, <laughs> uh, Cody biting the rope, but just really interesting stuff there. And then, um, yeah, we, t- uh, we mentioned that superplex over the top, the su- suplex over the top rope, which is such a scary spot. And they did it to perfection. And then I really liked at the end where MJF is like crawling towards his feet. He gets up. You see him crying. He hugs him and says, I'm sorry. And then he spits in his face. <laughs> just excellent excellent stuff all the fuels right there and yeah we 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 got a cheap win with the diamond ring punch to the face um but we we both picked mjf to win this and i think this just continues to make him an even bigger star probably one of the top two or three heels in the company right now
0: i would say he's number one number one i don't think there's anyone who's a bigger heel in aw right now and i do i think this just serves to move this feud forward and continue to allow them to develop and play off of each other and become bigger stars, the both of them, as they continue to feud and, and have matches
1: moving forward. Yeah, and did you notice after the match, like when like Arn walked a little further back from Cody and Brandy, there was like some weird kind of Cody just kinda of looked back, looked forward, looked back. I don't know if there's gonna be any like tension with Arn, but you know I, th- I thought there was something else there so just once again just great great stuff by cody and all of his like facial expressions like it's to the point now where i have to know it, pay attention to those things yeah because he's so good at it and yep. it's like like i want to be able to portray those same type of emotions so i'm gonna try and copy your <laughs> face all the time so um but yeah a, a really good one uh you know mjf getting bloodied and and busted open early on was pretty uh interesting and that unexpected was... too yeah like it you was don't see the heel get that bloody and like something like this like
0: well and it was uh it was off of a disaster kick yeah. which isn't you know you not can... a spot that i would expect someone to get color off of and you know that was when there was some shenanigans with wardlow on the outside creating the distraction and then the next time we see mjf he's just covered full-on <laughs> crimson mask so like
1: like it's like i have thought like maybe like the, the, we sk- skipped a scene or something like we just we went forward into yeah. the match because disaster kick boom and then just boom, all over his face so um but yeah i i, I really enjoyed it. it not as quite as emotional as like cody dustin last year but this is one of the more emotional i think matches we've had in AEW so far so
0: anything else that you wanted to say about this one i think it was really fun and uh again <laughs> if you didn't watch revolution pay for the replay check it out is a really really good show
1: well one of my highlights is a low light for you but it was jr on commentary saying like when mjf was crying and apologizing and <laughs> jr goes i didn't mean to be a richard and just like no- nothing else that's all he said and it's just it made me laugh and i know you were you, you kind of groaned and thought it was awful but yeah. it made me laugh. I'm going to start calling people Richard heads going forward.
0: Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> uh, I, I think you know, all in all, Jr.'s commentary was really good tonight. That I thought was a low moment. Just
1: like
0: <laughs> you clearly didn't have anything to say here, and maybe
1: it's just better not to say anything at all. Yeah, but just, I, it made
0: me laugh. Just let that one go.
1: All right uh well i'm done anything you want to move on to the next match here no no, no. next okay. up
0: was not the best match of the night but my favorite match it was of the so night fucking which fun. was orange cassidy and pack and i think the the official word is in he tried he
1: tried he tried he, he and, damn uh, tried
0: man orange cassidy is so good wow i had never seen him wrestle in a full match before I'd only seen the, you know, kind of spot appearances that he's done alongside best friends. And, you know, maybe it's just the stark contrast between how nonchalant and laconic he normally is, but man, it seems like he's really, really fast when he wants Mm -hmm. to be. And when he got going and had some of these really impressive stretches of offense, it just looked incredible and he's out there with pack who is another really fast guy who can string moves together and he absolutely held his own in this match looked really good some great comedy spots and some really really impressive work
1: yeah this was my i saw i saw orange Casty versus (laughs) gangrel um at a, a gcw show last year in chicago so this was my second exposure to to Orange Cassidy in a singles match, but even from the very beginning, like uh, just uh, Justin Roberts, right? Is that that's yeah. the announcer? Okay, I want to make sure I got the right first name. When they were introducing Cassidy, he's from wherever, and his weights, whatever, like yeah. <laughs> just really funny. And even like his Tron was just lazy as hell. Yeah. Um and I, I always, I always like because I've watched watch some videos online of Orange Cassidy too. It's the opponents always get in on the fun at one point. So like when Pack and him were doing the like the toe taps to yeah, each other, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the fans are going wild. Like I, I've always, I always well, like always like that.
0: Props to the fans in this match. in oh, general yeah.
1: because you have some really good chants. I mean,
0: right at the beginning of the match, before they've they've done anything, and the crowd's already chanting, "He's gonna try, <laughs> he's gonna try," and then you know. We got match of the year chance. Mm-hmm. This is we awesome. Got, this is awesome. We got fight forever.
1: Holy shit. I mean, there's yeah.
0: so so much ironic chanting in this match. And then it turned into unironic chanting because it really was a great yeah. match. And you know, some of these spots with Cassidy flying around the ring, hands in pockets, doing leapfrogs and, and dives and coming back up to his feet and you know I mean, I can't imagine just how difficult it is to run the ropes that fast Yeah, with your hands in your pockets. And and he did it, and he made it look effortless.
1: So easy. Hey, there was one spot when they were outside the ring where Pac threw him into the ring post. Oh my gosh, just was brutal. Absolutely insane. And he sold the hell out of it. And he he fought from the bottom most of the match once he mm-hmm. started to pick up. But it's one of those things like he... Oh there was also a this is wrestling chant. Oh, right? Yeah, Yeah, which was I yeah. think was my favorite. Um but like when he he was getting his ass kicked for most of the match and then he he all of a sudden like kipped up the the suicide dive, uh the spinning DDT and then he did that like um diving DDT off the turnbuckle. Yeah. Which I don't recall ever seeing something like that. Maybe that's like a maybe attitude error so type So Hardy of move. used to do that. Which one? Matt Hardy. Matt used to Hardy. Do that.
0: um and i think actually christian used to do that as well Uh, i know i've seen it before it's just been a long time yeah and and it looked really good
1: looked great and then he did like the spinning ddt from the the top um yeah just just really good and then we obviously had a little interference from the lucha bros attacking the best friends which led to distraction that and got us to the finish um but yeah it it was a ton of fun and just good for Pac. You know, he can he can work anything, you know. He's he's at the top of his game right now. And uh yeah, we need to we need to get more Orange Cassidy. Maybe maybe he's like maybe he's an attraction. He I can't he try all the time. Yeah. You know, so give him a match every couple months, let him do something great. You know who I wanna see Orange Cassidy face in a match? Kenny Omega. Oh yeah. Where Kenny commits to just pure comedy cuz he can do it. He's a great comedy yeah. wrestler. And just I mean, get give those two 20 minutes and if just If you <laughs> haven't
0: seen any of his old stuff from DDT, mm-hmm. check it out. He he did some
1: great Didn't he fight stuff. a mop?
0: Yeah, he he had a match. <laughs> he used to have matches with the Invisible Man. I've seen and videos so of And so it's it's Kenny out there in the ring by himself getting his ass beat by the Invisible Man and <laughs> Going through these, you know, technical wrestling sequences and the artistry with which he can put that together is so impressive. So, yeah, I would absolutely want to see Kenny and Orange Cassidy. Or if he decides to stick around for more than just a spot appearance, give me Colt Cabana and Orange oh, Cassidy. Oh, man.
1: I'm sure there's something on the Internet of those two. Like, I mean, I'm sure there is.
0: They're so great. I mean... Colt Cabana is, is cartoonish in the best way possible. His like, little running
1: start yeah. On the pre-show tonight. I mean, <laughs> That's so good.
0: But this one was really fun, and I think it was a great way to kind of cleanse your palate after the MJF and Cody mm-hmm. match before going into the main event, which, unless you have anything else you want to talk about with this Orange Cassidy match.
1: I got I got one thing. <laughs> Someone on commentary said, oh, when when uh, Orange Cassidy got thrown into the ring post, I can't remember who said it. it. was like, oh, those are disgusting angles. And someone goes, they're called edges because they were referring to yeah. the square of the post. And I, I thought commentary throughout the night was pretty good. And there were some really good zingers throughout, throughout the show. So just usually when I'm, you know, I don't usually talk about commentary a lot, but I just wanted to give them a shout out because I thought it was mm-hmm. really solid tonight. Um, but yeah, that's that's it for that. Um, yeah, let's go into the the AEW World Championship match where John Moxley defeated Chris Jericho to become the second AEW World Champion and we got to start Jericho having a choir singing his entrance. Yeah. Judas is much better as a gospel song. <laughs> <laughs> like it was so damn good. Yeah, and, I really enjoyed that. Like as soon as the real music came on I'm like, "Ugh, I don't want to listen to this now." Like I just heard this awesome choir sing it, so
0: Well, and we had seen earlier in the night Cody had a live band play his entrance music which was fine and at the time it was like okay this is kind of cool and then when the acapella group does jericho's theme it was like okay yeah the the band really not good by comparison like the they did an amazing rendition yeah of of judas and it really kind of set the tone that this was a big match this was a match that carried weight and was important to the larger arc of AEW and this fledgling promotion that's now, you know, five months in. So I thought it was really good and a great way to kind of get things started. Uh Mox came in from outside the arena, so that was <laughs> kind of interesting. And uh kind of made his way to the ring. Um I was a little bit worried that he was gonna trip yeah, on, those wires uh, on were... some camera wires and fall, <laughs> since we know that uh gravity is his one weakness but uh I know he came out and and had a really fun match uh got color really early on and really set the tone that this was going to be a brutal affair jericho told the story of wanting to do everything he could to get himself
1: disqualified mm-hmm. put hands on aubrey which, yeah, whew.
0: yeah so aubrey edwards the official for all of the biggest matches in AEW uh really did an amazing job of of selling that she wasn't going to disqualify him Mm -hmm. uh, and that she was going to call it right down the middle and not allow jericho to get off that easily so i thought it was really fun how they started off with the brawl through the crowd Mm -hmm. and you know got some early big licks on uh moxley and then he had to kind of fight from beneath for the rest of the match and work his way back into it.
1: Yeah. And we got a really gnarly spot early on the match where Moxley started biting the stitches on Jericho's face. So third instance of weird things in your mouth tonight, I don't know what's up with revolution, but that was just brutal. And I really thought he was going to rip them out and Jericho was going to start bleeding from that. So, yeah. uh, and I really liked where, where Moxley got the, the color. It's like it was all around where his eye patch was, so like at certain times it literally looked like he was bleeding from that eye patch. Um but yeah just a lot of uh it was a it was it was a physical match, you know, there wasn't much wrestling going on, a lot of a lot of punches, a lot of strikes. Um and I liked the how the inner circle played a part in it. Like originally it was just Santana Ortiz, and I'm kinda of like, Where's Sammy? Where's The guy I don't give a shit about. Where's Hager? Um, And both of them came into play later in the match. And I thought it was really, because sometimes interference can be done really poorly. But I like that Sammy's interference came in right as the rest of the inner circle got ejected. So Abby was doing that, and yeah, like, the most
0: emphatic ejection
1: ever yeah she like
0: like you know did a spin in of a hand. circle, yeah. she was you know
1: with <laughs> Looks- the hands whirlwinding around, and I thought she was going to start doing that. I thought she was going to go like this and do the chicken wing like with the <laughs> the spin that she did, so yeah, a lot of energy there, and then uh, you know, Sammy blasting Moxley with the 50 60 pound belt um like it's just really, really good stuff, um, like I said, wasn't the most like technical technical match but um, i mean it was a chris
0: jericho match in 2020 this is his speed this is what he can do at this point yeah he did hit a really nice lion salt
1: yeah he got got a
0: lot of elevation mm -hmm. on that landed very clean
1: the last Uh, couple times i've seen him do that he's had like his hands up to make sure he doesn't like break his neck yeah you know so like he he got a full full clear elevation on it too which was really nice and i really liked moxley putting jericho in the the walls of Jericho or as you Mm -hmm. call it as let me check my notes the Cincinnati crab yeah um good 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 thinking on the spot there that got a chuckle out of me so (laughs) um yeah I I mean I don't really have a lot of spots uh to 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 go back to because like I said like we talked about oh the the Jericho powerbomb through the ring bell table at the very beginning like it's it's weird seeing Jericho wrestle this style because, you know, our peak Jericho time was when, what, 10, 15 years ago for us when he was still able to fly around the ring and able to move really smooth and crisp. So uh, it's it's interesting to see him take on this new, like, power style. And, you know, Moxley is a big guy, too. So being able to see him do that spot, get him through the table was um, pretty effective. And it looked like it hurt, too, because yeah. like, he landed right on the bell. Yeah. Um. And let's see. Uh, yeah, I. I liked. I, I think I mentioned at the beginning, like he should peel off the eye patch or something, like go a la Rocky Two on it. Switch to the the south paw at the end of the match. So I was really stoked when I saw him take off the match. It's like, oh, I can see again. Yeah, and and
0: you know the story had been, you know, he's bleeding from that side of his face, and at one point Jericho threw water in his other eye, mm-hmm. and then gouge him in the eye. Yeah, gouge him in the eye at the very end. And so with all the storytelling, that moment when he revealed his other eye, took off the eye patch and, and kind of gave a shit-eating grin to the camera. and was like, I can see mm-hmm. all this crap you've been doing. It's not going to work. And then, you know, that was it.
1: And I like the elevation that Jericho got on the uh, the paradigm shift at the end. Yeah. Like, I was, I was wondering, would Jericho do the full-on, you know, up mm-hmm. in the air? And it looked... Obviously, not the cleanest one we've seen because Jericho's a bigger dude. But um, yeah, fun match. And Joel won our inaugural AEW pay per view pickoff with an amazing 8 0 record. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I have literally never picked this well in my life, but yeah. I, I went 8 for 8. I will toot my own horn here a little bit. Yeah. And
1: usually you would feel pretty good about a 7 1 finish, you know? Like, but yeah, I I am officially our first loser. And we will keep track of these throughout the year. But uh, you mentioned that we've mentioned before, you know, with all the other titles, like, okay, we're starting to get to the point where we feel like a title change should happen. Then we got the tag team one. Like, okay, makes sense. Then we, the Rio title change, we ended up talking about, and like, that made sense for how they want to structure this division going forward. Does this title change make sense? I know you, you picked it to happen. So in your eyes, is this... Does this make sense for AEW moving forward?
0: I think it does. I think you need someone who is younger um, to kind of carry the torch for this brand. Having Chris Jericho as the inaugural champion made a lot of sense. But what we've seen from him is that he doesn't have that much gas left in the tank as a ring worker. So he has very limited styles that he can do at this point. And Moxley's a lot more versatile. So as you look up and down the roster at potential challengers, I think there are a lot of people who can go out and have a really good match with Moxley. And, you know, if his first defense as the second ever all elite wrestling champion is against someone like a debuting Lance Archer. You know, that would be interesting to see what are they going to do with, with that story. And then there's also the question of when is he going to defend again? You know, they've not had a ton of title defenses, but commentary did say, we yeah, have are going off champion. the air, we have yep. a fighting champion now. So I think it doesn't take a lot away from Jericho because he can continue to be an evil heel and run his evil heel faction. And that doesn't, have to stop just because he doesn't have the belt anymore. Mm-hmm. And it elevates Moxley and puts him in a position to really carry the show moving forward. So I think it does make sense.
1: Yeah. And after you gave me your argument yesterday on Friday during the picks, I was like, I think I told you after, I was like, I really wish I picked <laughs> Moxley because you convinced me. So yeah, I, I think it makes sense. Um, I think that I, I think it also makes sense that the second champion is also a former WWE guy. Um, You want that name recognition. Yeah, you got to have it. And, you know, I think there are guys who they have right now who could hold the belt and still have the same clout, you know, like Cody, Kenny Omega. Um, But as we've seen during the the tenure of Jericho's reign, we've seen so many new stars come up, you know, but they're they're maybe not quite ready to be at the top of the card in the title. Like Mm -hmm. we mentioned Darby Allen the other day. Continuing to ascend, do we want him at the title holder yet? Probably not. He still needs more, you know, more matches, more feuds, more whatever. So I think Moxley's a very good champion to have because he could work with the younger, newer guys. But then you also have history with Pac, you know, you have history with Omega that you could eventually go into, and then also like you said, he has history with Lance Archer from NJPW where he defeated Archer at, at Wrestle Kingdom this year. So um gives you a lot of different paths and. You know, with only having four or five pay-per-views a year, this is a good kind of reset. You know, we had this crescendo for basically the month of February, and now we can kind of calm down a bit, reset, start new feuds. You know, like, I don't want to see Jake Hager and Dustin Rhodes throw hands anymore. Like, mm-hmm. like this is a good time to maybe start some new things and start that slow crescendo to May when we have our next pay-per-view in yeah. Uh, Las
0: Vegas. Well, and and Jericho had a nice, long championship reign. He held the title for six months.
1: 182 days, I think, right? So
0: uh, 188, I think. Okay. Um, But yeah, it was really good and established that it's a big deal when titles change hands in AEW. We've only seen three changes, one for each belt in the first six months of this promotion really being a thing. So... Um, I'm excited to see where they go moving forward, and I think there's a lot of options on the table.
1: Yeah. So, but yeah, that's uh, I think I think we covered everything we wanted to cover. Uh, yeah, that's from it this pay per view.
0: We'll be back on Wednesday to recap uh, this upcoming week's episode of Dynamite, and uh, I'm sure that's going to be interesting, and there will be a lot to talk about with the fallout from this pay per view, and also uh, we know that Lance Archer is supposed to be debuting, so be on the lookout for that
1: yep and just a quick housekeeping you know where to find us we've said it every week so far but find us on twitter at ows underscore pod instagram and facebook at the other wrestling show and you can email us at the other wrestling show at gmail.com you can find us on spotify and itunes and most places you can get your podcast so if you haven't already please subscribe give us a review any questions or comments are helpful for us right now we're still kind of developing this we're both new at this so anything you can provide would be great and uh yeah thanks thanks for joining us and and Joel you wanna we got the nice mics now so hopefully (laughs) we can get this outro finalized so take it away remember everybody life's a work duck the clothesline and happy wrestling bye